Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at uh, world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM. And if you would like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me on 0401-305-077. Or you can uh, email us info at faithfm.com.au. Also, you can visit our website, faithfm.com.au. Our theme for this week is making sense of conspiracy theories. And our big question for today is, how does Christ bring wisdom and discernment? Our co-host today is Alan Philip. And Alan is a student of the studying an associating degree in electrical engineering. And it's good to have you with us again today, Alan. It's good to be here today, Nick. Hey, Alan, in a world of abundantly different viewpoints of conspiracy theories, what can we look to as our source of authority from which we may gain wisdom? We can look to the scriptures, the Bible, as our source of authority. What is the purpose of the scripture? Um, some of these verses have already been covered by Joseph, but I will recap on uh, just a few of these points. In John chapter 5, verses 37 to 40, it says in 37 that the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. And later in 39, it says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. And in John chapter 18, verse 37, and Jesus says, For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And again in John fourteen six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in John chapter 5, verses 37 to 40, Jesus says, in verse 40, he says, But you are not willing to come to me, that you may have life. So we can see here that the scriptures testify of Jesus, that Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. And it is Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life. We are to come to Jesus that we may have life. We can see here quite a bit of scripture, uh, Alan, what you just shared with us. Uh, and then um, we see that the scripture testifies of Jesus. Who else testifies of Jesus? In uh, John chapter 16, verse 26 to 27, it says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So we can see here that the Holy Spirit, also called the Helper, and the Spirit of Truth, is he who testifies of Jesus. So, from both of these answers, we can see that Christ is in focus. Yes, absolutely. Christ is the focus. 
and Jesus also spoke about giving us uh, living water. Uh, what is this living water? Can you share with us, Alan? Yes, absolutely. So we, if we go to John chapter 4, verses 13 to 14... Actually, we'll, we'll start with verse 11, and then we'll go down to 13 and 14. So in verse 11, for John chapter 4, Jesus answered and said to her, speaking to the woman at the well, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Then in verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now this text may not clearly identify who um, the living water is, but if we go to John chapter 7, 37 to 39, it actually clarifies this. So John seven thirty-seven, it says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And in Luke chapter 11, verse 9 to 13, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. In verse 13, it says, If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So we can see that this living water is the Holy Spirit, the gift of God. If we thirst for the Spirit, all we need is to believe in Jesus and ask the Father and he shall bestow the Holy Spirit upon us. In Hebrews, the writer speaking out the danger of not progressing in the faith says something interesting. So in Hebrews chapter 6, 4-6, it says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. Now, did you notice that in this passage that we just read, synonyms for becoming partakers of the Holy Spirit were used? I'll mention these again. These synonyms were being enlightened, tasting the heavenly gift, tasting the good word of God, and tasting the powers of the age to come. I just want to highlight that becoming a partaker of the Holy Spirit gives us a taste of the powers of the age to come. That's amazing, Alan. Uh, As we are talking all this week about conspiracy theories, and uh, it makes any sense in the time we live in, and particularly in the light of the Bible also, today we are going to look into the power which can uh, reveal to us certain uh, uh, secrets, if you like. And um, we'll look into that a little bit uh, more. But another question for you, Alan, how do we know if we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us? Earlier we read that the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. Now, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, 
It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. In John 16, 7-14, if we jump to verse 8, speaking of the Spirit, it says, When He has come, He will convict the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin, because they do not believe in Me, of righteousness, because I go to My Father, and you see Me no more, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And then later in verse 13, Jesus says, When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And also in John chapter 14, verse 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. So we can see from these passages that when the Holy Spirit comes, he confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He guides us into all truth, teaches us all things, and reminds us all the things that Jesus taught. So really the Holy Spirit is a guide teaching and revealing and reminding us of truth, enabling us to distinguish truth from error. Now, if we jump over to Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 26, it says in verse 16, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, in verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. In verse 22 it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So if the Holy Spirit dwells in us, we won't have the works of the flesh evident in us, but will instead display the fruit of the Spirit. Notice the word fruit isn't plural. Either we have this fruit of the Spirit or we don't. Towards the end of this theme of walking in the Spirit, Paul says, Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So in addition to not practicing the works of the flesh, a person with the Holy Spirit also won't have an excessively high opinion of themselves, meaning they won't provoke or envy others. Hey, Alan, you just blew my mind away with all these things here. I mean, uh, I mean, if... We are asked the question here, how do we know if we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us? And you give me all those uh, passages in the Bible, 
And I'm asking myself now, who's got the Holy Spirit? Do we still have around us, among us, I mean, in these days we live in, do we still have adulterers, fornicators, uh, all those things which you mentioned there, jealousy, selfishness, ambition, drunkenness. Should I just keep going, Alan? <laughs> There's a long list there, I Nick. Mean, <laughs> do we have these sort of things among ourselves in, in, in society today? Definitely. It's definitely prevalent in our society today, unfortunately. And if, Interesting enough, Alan, because we are talking about conspiracy theories here. And when we look ourselves to check ourselves with the, in, the, in the light of the Bible, seems like that we can easily be uh, deceived, tricked by, uh, by the enemy, by the devil, because we don't have the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, Nick. Hey, Alan, I'm going to take a short break here and I'm going to advertise an amazing book. Just listen to this ad and we'll be back in a sec. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And this amazing book, you can have it free of charge, no obligation. If you like to send us an, a text, an SMS to 0401-305-077. The number is 0401-305-077. You can also write us an email, info at faithfm.com.au or visit our website, faithfm.com.au Don't miss this opportunity to get this book in your hands. It's an amazing, amazing book. Alan, we are back talking about uh, conspiracy theories and if they make any sense in uh, today's um, society and in our time we live in. And our question for today particularly is how does Christ bring wisdom and discernment and I would like to ask you another question Alan here the Holy Spirit also bring gifts you mentioned a bit earlier about that fruit the fruit of the Holy Spirit what are they what are these gifts if we go to 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verses 3 to 11 it says in verse 4 there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. 
by one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Now, there's quite a lot of wording over here, but I'm just going to repeat again the gifts of the Spirit of God here, just to, uh, just for clarification. Mm. So, there's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healings, the working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Now, Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 1, 15 to 21, says... I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Now, I believe that we too should be asking God in prayer for the spiritual gift of wisdom. I mean, if any of uh, of you, it says in the Bible, any of you uh, lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. That's a beautiful passage also in James 1.5. And then I'm going to take another break here, play a song, Spirit of the Living God. Please stay with us. This is Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. Oh 
So good to have uh, David De Lima with us here from uh, Family Voice Australia. Good to have you with us, David. Thank you, Nick. It's great to be broadcasting with you again. And David, uh, this week we are um, talking about a very, very interesting uh, topic about conspiracy theories mm. and living in a pluralistic world. Um, the question is, does truth exist? Yes, that's right. And um, David, uh, From a Christian organization mm. point of view, what is your view of Christ and uh, and his wisdom? Yes. Well, we certainly need wisdom in dealing with conspiracies. They may be real or they may be fictitious. And so we need the wisdom of God to identify the truth. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And there's nothing that is better than busting a false conspiracy or indeed confirming one which is a true conspiracy. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of those. And I love those words where Paul writes about Jesus in the book of Colossians. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Mm -hmm. So we greatly need those wonderful treasures from Christ. And uh, obviously the world is full of uh, conspiracy mm. uh, theories, mm. some real and some Im imaginary. Mm. Yeah. What is your view on uh, conspiracy theories? Yes, well, we need to check them out and identify if they're true. There's a lot of rubbish out there, but occasionally someone will identify something. They'll blow the whistle. We like to use that phrase, whistleblower. Mm -hmm. So we need to hear even from the most obscure and small voice because sometimes they're the voice of God. And you think back to a young person like Daniel, who as a very young man was taken off into Babylon in captivity, or you think of a, a young, beautiful woman, uh, Esther, Uh, both of those were caught up in conspiracies, and we thank God that they were able to uh, expose those conspiracies. I mean, mentioning these characters mm. uh, of the Bible, mm. uh, particularly Queen Esther yes. and, and Daniel, mm. uh, for sure, mm. what relevance does that have for us today? Yes, a huge relevance, because in both of those individuals, we see people in whom was the wisdom of God, who knew that they had been to quote the Book of Esther, brought to royal position for such a time as this. Mm. And we need to ask ourselves, all of us, Nick, uh, why are we here at this time? Are we here for such a time as this in order to speak the truth, to expose evil and to shine the light of Christ? So we think about Esther 
she was a quiet young person suddenly elevated by God to a very important position as queen of the pagan Persian Empire, mm-hmm. and a conspiracy broke out. Uh, firstly, it was her uncle Mordecai who saw a conspiracy. He spoke up, and he saved the king's life, in fact, uh, through his intervention. But then a far worse conspiracy arose, which was against the entire Jewish people uh, throughout the known world, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And uh, Esther would have been among them, but she was able to be encouraged powerfully by her uncle Mordecai to go to her husband, the king, to expose the plot, to expose that vile Haman, as he's called there in the book of Esther, and to free all of God's people from persecution. So we need to sort of see ourselves in the story here today. Uh, What opportunities do you have and do I have, Nick, in order to ask ourselves, have we come to our position for such a time as this, and what can we see? There's a wonderful saying which the neighborhood watch people will apply. If you see something, say something. And and that echoes a a biblical injunction that when there's a call to testify, you must speak up. Mm -hmm. So we need to start speaking up a bit more, especially when there are conspiracies coming to fruition, such as just yesterday in the ACT when so-called gay conversion therapy was banned. Mm. Uh, This is going to have a huge effect on the territory, on parents, families, churches, schools. Uh, It's just not on. Uh, So those who are conspiring have got away with it, unfortunately, so far this week. But the battle's not over yet, and Mm. uh, we need to be seeking God in this matter. Yes. And you mentioned a bit earlier about uh, having uh, Christ's wisdom and uh, to be able to identify Yes. Uh, these uh, yes. conspiracies as uh, in the time of Esther exactly. um, they were uh, able to identify that something is going on yep. fishy to say yep. so using those words That's you know right. yep. and they were turning to God exactly they were turning to the one who could take care of them yes. and probably in, in, from that point of view would like to emphasize here mm-hmm. that we as Christians and uh, will uh, recommend to everyone mm. to consider, you know, the things which were written in the Bible way in advance. And um, probably we may even uh, have a little bit of time, David, here to mention the book of Daniel. Yes. And uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned a bit earlier about that, how Daniel was also in the middle of this sort of conspiracy st- was, yeah. situation. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what, what would you like to say yes. about the relevance of the book of Daniel yes. for the time we live in? Well, uh, so often we read the book of Daniel and we've, we don't sort of grasp the wisdom there. The, the, the point that's missing, I think, in that whole story is that Daniel was raised by God to a position of governing influence. Firstly, he was trained in the language and literature of the Babylonians, but he excelled so wonderfully with his colleagues that he was promoted. And then when Nebuchadnezzar had that terrible nightmare, it was Daniel who, by the wisdom of God, which is really the wisdom of Christ, was able to reveal the mystery. And at that point, he became the prime minister of the entire Babylonian empire. Mm-hmm. And But he still had enemies, of course, and they could only get him on grounds of his faith. And so they they twisted the king's arm and they said, look, if anyone bows down to anyone except your statue, let them be dealt with. And, of course, Daniel couldn't go along with that. He, he stuck to his guns. He stood strong. He stood firm in the faith. And he was vindicated. So once again, we see that the, the conspiracy really uh, backfired on the opponents of Daniel. He was vindicated. He was shown to be the man of God. Mm -hmm. And what we need today, Nick, is for more of us to be a bit more like Daniel because the Spirit of God in Daniel is the same indwelling Holy Spirit that you and I have as we profess faith in Christ as Savior and Lord. And so that Holy Spirit is urging us to do great things also. 
Oh, that's great, David. Uh, I like that you mentioned that we need to stand up mm-hmm. today yes. and uh, reveal that uh, truth and help others to to be faithful and not to be fearful. Exactly. Thank you very much, David, for coming with us today. Uh, may God bless you and all the best to to you and your team on uh, Family Voice that's Australia. A, fantastic. All the best. Thank you. Thank Nick. you. And that was so true what uh, David, uh, David was sharing, Alan, uh, in regard to uh, if there is any difference between earthly and heavenly wisdom. Because uh, uh, we can look into all sorts of things today and looking around us what's happening, but uh, to be safe, to really have confidence and to go through all the challenges of life, I think we really need to look into uh, Get heavenly wisdom. What you can share with us uh, in this regard, Alan? Actually, before I share a Bible verse, I just want to share just an experience um, with you. So I was watching a movie, I believe it was called something like Peaceful Warrior, and um, they were talking about wisdom, and they mentioned something interesting, how um, they mentioned that it's not the um, destination it's the journey. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they say that and they accept it. And I just think to myself, well, actually, that's not the case because um, as Christians, for us, it's actually, it's not the journey, it's the destination. Mm. Because I guess to a non-believer, the, de- the destination is actually death. Mm-hmm. But for us, the destination is eternal life. So we look towards that and we don't, um, we don't put much... Um, importance on the current life that we're living at the moment. And I want to share now the uh, Bible verse that actually shows the difference between earthly and heavenly wisdom. In James uh, chapter 3, verses 13 to 18, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So we can see there the contrast. So the earthly, also known as sensual and demonic wisdom, has bitter envy and self-seeking. However, the um, heavenly wisdom um, is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, and it shows no favoritism and there's no hypocrisy. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. 
Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Hey, Alan, uh, just speaking about um, earthly wisdom, there is a great passage in the Bible, actually, just um, it reminds me here in First um, Corinthians chapter 3. And verse 18 says this, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. And verse 19 uh, very nicely puts it, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. And Alan, another person in um, the Bible talking about here King Solomon. I would like to read another passage from 1 Kings 3 and let me see from verse uh, 12 which starts with Behold, I have done according to your words. And here is the passage which I like. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall anyone like you arise after you. Here it's God speaking about a person on this earth, saying that no one was as wise like you and will be after you. Now, we are talking about King Solomon here. What did Solomon ask God for? That's an interesting question, Nick, but I'm glad you shared that passage because we can see there that it's not man that said that Solomon is the wisest man on earth, so nor will anyone come after him, but it was actually God himself. So powerful words. And to answer your question as to what Solomon asked God for, First Kings chapter 3, verse 9 says, This is Solomon speaking. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? And in 2 Chronicles 1 and verse 10, instead of using the word understanding, it actually just says wisdom and knowledge. Mm. So we can see that from that passage, Solomon actually asked God for the understanding or the wisdom and knowledge to discern between good and evil. Now, speaking of spiritual maturity, the writer of Hebrews says this fascinating um, passage in Hebrews chapter 5. And verse 14, it says that solid food belongs to those who are of full age, in other words, mature. That is, those who by reason of use or by practice have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Mm. So we can see there from that passage that those who are mature are those who due to use have exercised their senses to discern both good and evil. That's interesting uh, because this is telling us that 
you can be immature and exposed to some um, theories in this world. And we're dealing with conspiracy theories for uh, this um, section of the program. But today we are looking into the Bible to see how can we get wisdom? How can we um, avoid those uh, deceptions? Yes, absolutely. Um, it's very important to actually have this wisdom because then we can then discern between whether something is a deception, something that can lead us astray and something that's actually good. And I just wanted to point out between the wisdom that Solomon asked God for, it's actually very, very similar. So the wisdom that Solomon asked God for was the um, understanding to discern between good and evil and those who are mature who exercise their senses also are able to discern both good and evil. So you see the parallel there. Mm -hmm. Now, in the previous verse of, um, so in Hebrews 5 verse 13, we can infer that by exercising our senses to discern between good and evil, we can become skilled in the word of righteousness. Absolutely. And uh, earlier we saw that Christ is our focus. Is there anything else we can focus on, Alan? Absolutely. In uh, Paul's letter to the Colossians, in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14, this is Paul saying, We do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, forgiveness of sins. What now, I what? Oh, yeah, sorry for that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Alan. Now, in that passage we've just read, we can actually see. I want to highlight that Paul was saying that he's asking God that the Colossians be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Mm -hmm. And later, he actually clarifies what the knowledge of God's will is. In um, So, it's still Colossians chapter 1, but now going down to verse 25. Paul speaking still, he says, I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, speaking of the saints, says, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So from this passage, we can see God's will is to make known the riches of his glory among the Gentiles, mm -hmm. which is Christ in us, that everyone may be presented perfect in Christ Jesus. That's wonderful. Absolutely. And I was just just 
observing here from what you read from those passages in the Bible, then again and again, it says in all wisdom, in all wisdom. I mean, we cannot afford living in these days, you know, with um, high technology and all those things. We are exposed to all sorts of uh, uh, temptations, you know, and uh, theories and uh, conspiracy theories. But how important is to be well equipped? And the Bible provides that uh, foundation to to discern, to have heavenly wisdom. And as we mentioned a bit early, God could say about Solomon that he's the most wisest man on earth. And we can get that wisdom from God. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, Alan. Absolutely. And it's so important to have this wisdom that comes from God because we can actually be led astray by conspiracies and other teachings and philosophies of the world. Actually, Paul uh, states later in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10, he says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit Mm -hmm. according to the tradition of men according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Now later Paul also downplays legalism. Now um, we can discuss legalism um, into uh, depth, but just wanna, what I want to clarify here. So I'm going to read the passage and then clarify what I um, want to say. So Colossians chapter two, eleven uh, down to thirteen, mm-hmm. um, it says, "In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith." In the working of God, who raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Therefore, if you died with Christ, so now down to verse 20, Mm. therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourself to regulations? So here Paul is speaking about putting off the sins of the flesh, being buried with him in baptism, being dead in our trespasses, including dying with Christ from the basic principles of the world, which includes legalism. Mm-hmm. Which means, uh, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, some wording there, uh, circumcised, you know, and some people may say, was oh, that... Uh I believe um, what he's talking in terms of circumcision, it's actually to um, purify our hearts. So, so to die to ourselves. So if we effectively circumcise our hearts, so to speak, we actually remove those things which will separate us from God. Mm -hmm. And if we remove those things, then we don't have anything else to effectively stand in our way from God. Mm. That's that's my understanding of this um, circumcising of the heart. Now, Paul also speaks about carnality, and he's speaking that it's not carnality we should focus on, but on Christ. So, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11, he says, so this is just continuing from this, um, speaking about this um, dying with Christ, this um, baptism. Um, it says, if, you, if then you were raised with Christ, 
Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For if you, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Then in verse 8, um, he says, But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put the, on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Mm. Now, Paul's speaking about putting on the new man, being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So, according to the image of Jesus, he actually describes what it means to put on the new man, renewed in knowledge. And he speaks in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17, saying, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right, uh, we're going to take a short break here and we'll be back with you. Please stay with us. This is Faith FM, Drive Time, big Q&A. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family, or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is Alan Philip. Our big question for today is how does Christ bring wisdom and discernment? Also, I'd like to say that please give us a call or SMS us for that amazing book, The Great Controversy. And if you like to have this in your hands, free of charge, no obligation, Send an SMS to 0401 
Also, you can uh, email us info at faithfm.com.au or visit our website on faithfm.com.au. Hey, Alan, how can we know if what a person teaches is true? That's a very good question, Nick, especially in the world that we're living in with the conspiracies and many various beliefs out there. This is a great passage of scripture to go to. It's found in Acts chapter 17, verses 10 through 12. And it says, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. So we can see that by searching the scriptures daily, just like the noble Bereans, we can discern whether what someone teaches is true or not. All right, Alan, we are talking about making sense of conspiracy theories. We already uh, dealt with, um, in a pluralistic world, does truth exist? And does the Bible support any conspiracies? What about deceptive conspiracy theories? Is it possible? How do I identify a conspiracy theory? I would like to ask you this question now. How can we make sure that we are not shaken by the deceptions of this world? That's a very good question, Nick. Jesus actually answers this question, and I want to pay special attention to the importance of this. I'm going to read both accounts. One account's mentioned in Matthew and one's in Luke, where it's talking about the man who built his house upon either the rock or the sand. So in Matthew chapter 7, 24 to 27, Jesus says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken to him, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall." And the same account in Luke six forty six to 49 says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose... The stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. 
and the ruin of that house was great. So we can see from that passage very carefully that the rock here represents the sayings of Jesus. And building your house on the rock or laying the foundation on the rock represents doing the sayings of Jesus after hearing them. And building your house on the sand or not laying a foundation represents not doing the sayings of Jesus after hearing them. So we can see as well, another thing we can conclude is that building your house represents what you do, your deeds, your actions. So by applying the sayings of Jesus in our lives, we won't be shaken by anything. Mm, that's so good. That's so good, Alan. Again, taking a very short break here. Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We are coming back with the conclusion for this program. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family, or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And also, if you live in the beautiful city of Adelaide, uh, you can get this book uh, free, delivered at your door. You just need to send an SMS to 0401-305077. Or also, you can write an email to info at faithfm.com.au or visit our website, faithfm.com.au. Alan, we are coming to uh, conclude today with um, a few thoughts about um, our question which we were uh, looking at today. How does Christ bring wisdom and discernment? To summarize uh, everything we've discussed today, um, we can see that Christ is our focus. So Christ is the one who brings us wisdom and discernment by initially sending us the Holy Spirit, who in turn brings us wisdom and discernment as gifts. With these gifts, we're able to discern between good and evil. The things of the world such as philosophy, legalism and carnal desires can lead us astray, but if we let the Word of God dwell in us, we shall be able to stand firm. Mm. Thank you for joining Nick Rita and Alan Philip on Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us next time where we are going to look at a very interesting topic also. Uh, is a weekly Sabbath still relevant? We are going to dig deep into this uh, subject uh, and find out if um, did the Old Testament create a Sabbath burden? Was Jesus a Sabbath keeper? How was it possible? And how do I observe Sabbath? in the contemporary world. Really looking forward to see you again. But until then, please remember Christ said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace of this world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. 
You can find this in John 14:27. May God richly bless you. Forevermore